five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. on the internet all right that was uh andrew gold the great andrew gold and here we have kitty gold jasper jasper thank you for being a friend thank you for being everybody's friend jasper you're the you're the best internet cat in the world i really think so is there a better internet cat than jasper I don't think so. If there is, the burden of proof is on other cat owners. Anyway, um, welcome to the uh, podcast stream. 15 minutes of flame. If you're listening on the podcast side, of this, excuse me. We just heard, um, thank you for being a friend by the great Andrew Gold. And I really do think Andrew Gold is one of those musical talents of the 60s and 70s early 80s that just you know came and went he was like a comet that streaked across the night sky he's really talented he writes great tunes has a lot of heart a lot of sentiment uh he can play anything i mean there he was playing the lead piano on that track and then on um you're no good with Linda Ronstadt. He's got that tasty fucking guitar solo lick. Andrew Gold. Andrew Gold was record industry gold. Made a lot of hits. Didn't he do the uh, title song for uh, Last American Hero, that the TV show with William Cat and... Uh, What's his name? God, I'm having a blank moment. Can you imagine that? Could you imagine me having a having a blank moment? Uh, Robert Culp. I always liked Robert Culp. Of course, Robert Culp uh, really made his bones on I Spy. If you ever go back and watch um, reruns of I Spy, which is kind of iconic because Bill Cosby makes his acting debut in I Spy, and these guys are tennis players. He and Robert Culp are a doubles team, and they compete professionally, but they're also spies. So they're telling you something. They're actually telling you a lot. And uh, the creator of I Spy was Sheldon Leonard, who also created Get Smart. So there's – and a lot of the uh, – I spy episodes. There's a very kind of tongue in cheek 
humor, comedic humor that's associated with the show. And Robert Culp was great in I Spy. He was also great in uh, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. You go back into the early days of television, he plays on a lot of TV series uh, as a character that shows up in Westerns, old Westerns, shit like that. And I think the great American hero, I think it's great American hero. One of these days, uh, we're going to look at the pilot episode for Great American Hero, which I watched and I thought to myself, man, this fucking race, woke, uh, white nationalist bullshit has been in the mix for a very long time. It's it's actually the 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 core of the plot for the pilot for the uh, great American hero last I, well, for, I forget the exact title of the show, but uh, William Cat plays the school teacher who becomes a hero through the intervention of aliens and UFOs and the power that they bestow upon him. I was going to play a different song to start the show. I was going to play Ian Brown, kiss your lips. Um, because it actually ties into the subject matter of today's show, which is the bio ID, which we're going to talk about today. And also um, what's going on with Biden and the climate reparations. And we're just being slow walked right into the new world order. Right? This is, this is they're, they're circumventing everything that has to do with anything that's national at this point they're they're just going out of their way to circumvent it and they're they're creating these treaties now and agreements um through interagencies that represent global governments so this is how it starts really and uh we're we're witnessing it right before our very eyes so we're going to get into that today um we're also on the uh, precipice of Thanksgiving here. Check out the background. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, we're new moon in Sagittarius. And uh, we're, we just came through that very dark night with the balsamic moon in Scorpio conjuncting the south node. And uh, I don't know what other people's experiences were, but I slept hella good. You know why I slept hella good? Because I had my gummy last night. Hot damn, I had my gummy, and it was fantastic. Now, I did supplement a little bit. I was into some supplementation with uh, my gummy. My gummy. And um, I supplemented out with some B1 which actually helps me breathe at night. Thanks to Dr. Joan for that little medical tip. Um, and what else did I have? I had a, a little five milligram of melatonin, and then I had one of my gold kratoms, and it was, it was boom, boom. Out go the lights for all you 70s rock fans. That's a Pat Travers reference. People go, I don't know who the fuck Robert is talking about half the time. 
I don't I don't know these references. Well, you know, let me just tell you, when I was your age and people would bring up Lionel Barrymore or they would bring up Paul Muni, I knew who they were. Yeah, they were way out of my my time zone, but I knew who they were. That doesn't make me better or worse than people that don't know what, what I'm talking about. I'm just telling you that uh, my cultural references started when I was a kid. When I was six, seven, eight, hell. My, my first major cultural reference was watching the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show. And a lot of people saying, well, well, shit, I saw that. I was there for that. And I was doing something. I was doing something in the other room. I was entertaining myself as an only child would. And my parents excitedly brought me in to the other room to watch the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show. I'm like, I was, I was pissed. I was like, can't you fucking see I'm doing something here? Okay. What is this? What do you, what do you, what are you, what are you taking me out of my reverie from or for? And then I <clears throat> saw these guys. I'm like, who are these stupid fucks? I don't like their hair. They look like that. The stupid fucking guy from the Three Stooges. They have that same bull haircut. They look like Mo. I don't know. It's a lot of hype. I want to get back to what I'm doing. Truly, that was my first experience with the Beatles. However, a few years later, my experience with them was quite different. And it's when um, Help came out. We went to go see Help inside a, a movie theater. And I just love, you know, I love music. And as a kid, there was no filter between me and the music. I mean, I was the music. And I was so into the music that I got up out of my chair in the, in the theater and started dancing. And some guy from behind me grumbled, hey, kid, sit down. And my mother was embarrassed. Robert, sit down. But my father didn't say anything. I wonder what would happen if that was my kid now, and he was that age. First of all, there wouldn't be a musical that I take him to. It would be some fucking hip hop musical. No thanks. Um. But what would I do if I was his his dad and that happened, and the other, the other dude grumbled? I might just say, "Hey, hey, buddy, just let him dance through this song, okay? Let's let him get his rock. It's a long movie." I would get into it with people in movie theaters. By the way, if they were assholes, I would get on their case. I didn't like it. I didn't like when they talked. And uh, one time I was. I, one of the worst decisions I ever made in my life. I went to go see the first alien movie on mushrooms. I had no idea what I was getting into. 
not only were they mushrooms, but they were they were a certain strain of mushrooms that every now and then, and never really would really happen to me, but I would get a bad trip from them because we always got it from the same guy. And they always had kind of the same effect. Every now and then you get kind of lucky and have that happy-go-lucky. There was something about this one strain that kind of took you into a bit of a hell realm. And I don't, don't know why. And so it, the mushrooms not only had that effect, now we're watching Alien. I don't think that was the same after that movie. But there, there were these girls in front of us. These Lorida, Lorida Chicanas. And they're going on and on and on. I'm like, and I'm like, here I am. I'm losing my mind. I'm high on bad mushrooms watching Alien. And I literally want to pop out of my chest and strangle the fucking bitches. I had a few words with them. I even got up and like, you know, I, I was a Karen because I couldn't fucking deal with it. I hate it when people talk to her and shit. It's rude. Anyway, the reason why I got such a great night's sleep last night was because the gummy was the hub. The other little things I took were the spokes on the hub. But the gummy is the 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 gummy is like the the I don't know what would you call it the tempurpedic mattress of my sleep induction experience. But then the other things are like the covers. And of course, I, I get the uh, aforementioned gummy from True Hemp Science, which is a sponsor of the show. I'm sure Chris loved the fact that I talked about uh, bad mushroom trips from hell in Alien during the spot. But I'm going to redeem it. I'm redeeming it now because as last night was great sleep. I didn't wake up, which is always nice. And I slept soundly. Got feeling pretty, pretty, pretty rested for me. Pretty darn rested. So I am thankful for Chris and I'm thankful for True Hemp Science and um, Chris's knowledge around CBD. Um, because I, I really, you know, there are people who just get product, you know, and they say, oh, well, this is good. This is good. Right. They're there to kind of ride the CBD train. Chris is an innovator. Chris experiments. He tinkers. He's always working with the formulas. And this is what I love about what he does. He has a personal investment in innovating the product. And the gummies are just one uh, part of it. Of course, we have. Uh, the moon dust and all these other uh, great applications for CBD with everyday use in our life. So if you want to get some true hemp science product, go to truehempscience.com forward slash rep forward slash 23 truehempscience.com forward slash ref forward slash 23. And you will get some free product. If you spend $100 or more, $150 and you get free shipping and you are contributing to our community. That's what you do. You're contributing to our community. You know, we're helping Chris grow his business, hire people. You're getting something out of it. I'm getting some. We This is our opportunity to support what we believe in, which is somebody who has 
a product that is sourced here in the United States, that is processed here in the United States, and that is sold here in the United States. This is all foundational stuff. So I am grateful. This is my grateful day. I am grateful to have True Hemp Science as a partner. And right now I'm sipping a little moon dust. Yes, it's in the coffee. All right. Let's get to the business at hand here before I go into uh, Chattaria. Uh, the, the latest newsletter just went out. And I really want to thank uh, Mishi, uh, the Doomer Boomer email empress, uh, because she's been absolutely uh, a, a game changer when it comes to uh, being consistent with the emails and uh, helping me get a lot of stuff organized. And one of the things that I did yesterday is I had to go through, because I got, I got to get present with everybody who is a paid member. And I went through the transaction list for the last six months to manicure that and see who the paid members are. Um, so we can add them to the list, make sure you get the email. Of course, we just opened the, uh, the Discord room. And so that's that's a work in progress. And there's a little bit of a learning curve. But if you're a member, you should be able to get access to that Discord room, which we're going to use more. Um, and Mishi is actually the um, the moderator there. She loves Discord. And uh, she spends a lot of time on Discord. And she got into Discord through the gamer world. And uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll bring my buddy, uh, the hat guy, on for a conversation in Discord. He would like that. I'll invite him. The hat guy. You guys know the hat guy. I've, I've interviewed him before. Um, but I was going through that list. And I'm like, wow, I am really grateful for the people that support this show. And one of the reasons why I've got the newsletters rolling and creating the Discord channel. Um, and I got other stuff planned here because I want to give back to you. Like, and I know I do this and I know I produce a lot of content. Uh, and that's all for you, but I want to be able to give back so that, you know, you're really feeling some, some, uh, some traction here with what we're doing. And I was just thinking, I'm really grateful for these people that believe in uh, my ability to show up every day and to deliver something that's meaningful on a, on a consistent basis. So from me to you, I just want to say thank you very much for supporting uh, this endeavor that we're all in. And uh, so this is, this is my mantra. This is my exercise. This is my, my dharmic walk for, for the, at least the next four days. And then walking it forward because we need to be grateful for the things that we have because we don't know how long we're going to have these things. You know, we don't, we don't want to take them for granted. And one of the things that here in our society in the West, particularly the U S one of our greatest sins is taking things for granted that they're always going to be there. That they're always going to be just a, you know, short driver, freeway exit away. And we just stop in and there's shelves filled with anything we need. And in, in some countries, 
that's a fucking like it's like it's like being a uh uh an assassin uh, for uh uh like Ibn al-Sad, right? And and being promised a thousand virgins if you go to heaven by killing by killing an infidel. That's what it's like for somebody from another country being dropped into one of our grocery stores. We have uh, friends from, well, we used to. I really don't stay in touch with these people anymore. But they're from Russia. And uh, when they came to the U.S. and started going through grocery stores in the U.S., I mean, they nearly peed their pants because they'd never seen anything like it before. We take these things for granted. And uh, we just don't know how long we're going to have access access to any of this stuff so i i'm do i'm going to do my absolute best to immerse myself in gratitude on this new moon in sagittarius and with that thank you for supporting our the show and supporting chris and keeping jasper and cat food all right let's go hang out with the absolute best chat group on the whole damn internet's you know who I'm talking about. Chataria. Maybe I should do a Chataria song. There was a world that was enlightened and fair. And the women or flowers in the hair. And the men were not afraid to be men again. It was Chataria. Ch Chataria. All right, enough of that. Uh, Wendy says, what's happening, Wendy? Good to see you. There's my man, Thomas. Oh, it looks like Joni's in the house. My man, Ryan, is here. Miss Nakia. JMP. Love, Nevad, 17 Australia. What's going on, Nevad? Just in case you're wondering, Nevad is David backwards. Good to see you. Uh, let's see who else do we have. Cremo, Cremu, Cremus is here. Let's see who else. Maurice 100. Good morning. Yes, a conversation between Nish. And Les Suda was a real joy to listen to for me, Tom. I don't know who Les Suda, Les Suda is. Nish, Nish, fucking, Nish works her ass off, man. Like, Nish is always making content. When I think about it, and I think about people that make content constantly, she's right up there. That's a hardworking woman. There she is. Who's that lady? Classy lady. It's Sony. Uh, let's see. Fran is here. Hi, Fran. Who else is in the house? Must be chilly there. It's all perception. You know, Hogan's Heroes. <clears throat> when they shot Hogan's Heroes, you always thought it was kind of in the dead of winter. And Stalag 17. That was a back lot in Hollywood. They wouldn't. It was usually in the 80s. And those guys were sweating their balls off. 
Jasper is the best friend. Absolutely. What's going on, Michael? Brother Mike, good to see you. Oh, uh, let's see. Jake Kaiser, the, the Gucci to go to. Yeah. Happy solar return. You are the goat. Good to see you. One AI. Will there be a T-Day broadcast? No, I don't think so. I don't think there will be a Friday forecast. So Russ will be on from uh, from Prague. We'll check in with Mr. Winter on Friday. Bill Cosby. This is Bill Cosby and Robert Culp. Yeah, happy birthday, Jake. Let's see, Hucklebuck 411. Yeah, Robert Culp was all over TV back in like the 50s and the 60s. Outer Limits, Westerns. I like Robert Culp. He was cool. Joni S. listening and baking. Joni is the master baker. Um, Emily Lafayette, she knew that spy tennis connection. Absolutely. Hey, look who's here. Nicholas Graham. What's going on, Nicholas? Happy Thanksgiving to you. Oh, uh, let's see. No, Robert, I have them all the time. What is that? All the time. I can't remember shit. <laughs> oh, is that the memory hole I was down with uh, Robert Colt? I found it though, right? I got there. Nation states died 50 years ago. Yeah, after World War One, it was took after World War II it was over, right? That was it. We're living in a post-World War II world where the the global script is dominated by the victors. And I'll tell you right now, we were not the victors. Slow walk, not so yeah, they're they're up to a jog now, aren't they? Good call, Maurice. Masks are off, gloves are off, but the masks are theoretically coming back on. At least that's what they're trying to do. It's bullshit. Bullshit. Uh, let's see. Kabuki's here. What's going on, Bo? The Bisu. Checking in from Europe. Good to see you. Oh, look at that. I love Popo Gijo. Popo Gijo. Topo Chico. Let's see what else we have. Must have uh, hyped it up prior, like any good Tavistock convention would. I boomer splain all the time. <laughs> yes, you're doing your Virgo job, Robert. Uh, some might, uh, I, I do it in some areas of my life, other areas, uh, the virus stuff will let be desired. Um, 
now through November 27th, uh, save 25% for your entire order. Coupon thankful, True Hemp Science. How about that? Get all over that. Boomers are getting a bad rap. Look, here's my here's my thing about boomers. I defended boomers when uh, what's his name, Theo White. It's so funny. Like now that I think about it, Theo White and Royce White are actually a lot alike. It's really weird. Theo White's an astrologer. Some of you might. I used to be kind of friends with Theo White. We used to communicate. I'd have him on my show. Um, I actually liked him. And then he got like fucking radical. And, and, and look, I can go radical, but he went radical in a way that I just I wasn't entirely comfortable with. And this is a guy born in like 1962 or 63. So we're contemporaries. Some people would actually consider that to be a boomer. Which I don't, I don't agree with. But Theo would just throw the fucking boomers under the bus. He hated the boomers. It's like the world is fucked up because of the boomers. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on here now, Theo. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. They're not all bad. They're they're not all bad. And honestly, if you really want to like start pointing your finger, this was years ago. This was like 2013, I think. Look at some of these Pluto and Cancer people that are still fucking around. Like at that time, Rockefeller and Kissinger and Zbigniew New Brzezinski. You want to point a finger at some some, you know, people that are completely bleeding the lines of the system, go back to that Pluto and Cancer generation. They're the ones at that time that were still had their death grip on the control of the world. The old rock, the old Rothschilds. Anyway, I defended the boomers. Now, that's not to say that the boomers don't have some blood on their hands. They kind of do. If there's that famous scene in Easy Rider, at the end of Easy Rider, when uh, Peter Fonda looks at Dennis Hopper at the end of the movie, he says, we blew it, man. We really blew it. And it's like one of those lines in a movie that just stands out. So what is Peter Fonda really saying? Is he saying that, like, they blew it, that they thought that they could you know, bring this cocaine up from Mexico, um, you know, in their gas tanks, uh, do a big score, and then, you know, head to the South uh, and have a nice dinner in New Orleans and wind up in Florida and start a fucking fishing business. I mean, that's kind of what their plan was, right? Is that what he was talking about? Was he talking about his generation? That, that we blew it. It's one of those great existential lines in cinema. And the baby boomers, you know, were given a lot. You know, to whom much is given, much responsibility um, is required or whatever that fucking hackneyed quote is. But there is some truth to that. And when it came time 
for the boomers to move into positions of real leadership and power. What do we get? We get Bill and Hillary Clinton. This is the this is the apotheosis of of the and, and they're anything like they're the worst version of what boomers could be. Starting off as kind of 60s countercultural, in Hillary's case, radical countercultural agency morphing into deep state, pro-war, pro-capitalist, pro-globalist agents selling out everything, selling the U.S. out to China, creating NAFTA under Bill Clinton's watch, crushing Absolutely crushing this idea that you could be an individual or a patriot or somebody who wants to set themselves apart from the system. All that stuff starts to happen on Clinton's watch. It's like, it's not going to happen here. Then Bill Clinton gets into a foreign war. They basically use the impeachment to get him to send troops to Kosovo and the Balkans. And it's a, it's a, it's a mess. It's a total mess. He's like, okay, I'll do it. I'm a I'm I'm a feckless fool. So this is this is kind of the boomer's legacy with the Clintons. And then you know, and then it morphs into some, you know, Michael Milken, who's a boomer, right? And he's like, you know, let's just start skimming off the top and the middle and the bottom. So the boomers do have some culpability, but again, it's the system. And just about any generation is going to succumb to their version of the system. And for boomers, the, the seduction, um, the, real, the real fix is power. Pluto and Leo, power. And once they got into power, it felt good, it tasted good. It brought along with it the perks of royalty, and they weren't going to give it up. Now, Russ is a boomer, but he's very different. He's Russ is an outlier. Like when all those people were rebelling and doing drugs and and uh, you're going to uh, the Grateful Dead concerts, Russ wasn't doing any of that. He was uh, Russ was you know pretty straight as an arrow, although he did have some liberal tendencies. Russ was a liberal at one point, and then he woke up. He was a pajama person. He'll tell you that. But he was, you know, there were people that weren't like in that world, but they were real outliers. And socially, back then, the pressure to not be a square or an L7 was intense, right? It was almost as bad as the pressure now to, uh, not, to, not, uh, to not be liberal, to not be woke. To not be uh, somebody who identifies with the oppressed. It's the same deal. It's just a, a different version of it. You know, oh man, that dude's a square. He's L7. And then if you were a, a soldier coming back from Vietnam, God bless you. I mean, that was not fun. And it's like now, you know, I see people fucking salute somebody who's wearing kind of like nominal army or military garb suggesting that they serve and they'll fucking stop in their tracks and salute them. Thank you for your service. 
thank you for raping and pillaging and plundering America's corporate interests. God bless you. Back then, these poor bastards couldn't catch a break. They just went through hell and they come back and hell's waiting for them at home. Terrible. Terrible. But that was all part of the programming. It was all, you know, it's like, oh, God, you're John Wayne, you're Green Beret. I mean, that's all like second turning stuff. Supposed to happen. But on the plus side, the world that we live in, that we enjoy some cultural amenities from, that's all boomer stuff. You know, where do you think yoga came from? Yeah, it came from India, but it was the boomers who popularized yoga. Where do you think alternative medicine came from? It was the boomers. At one point, believe it or not, these same motherfuckers who were pro-jab were into alternative forms. They pioneered this shit. It was the boomers. Food. I mean, they went crazy for macrobiotics and, you know, vegetarian diets and back to the land and organic and all the great chefs that come out of like the 1980s. They're all boomers. They're boomers. You have the explosion of California cuisine, which comes out of the boomer world, changes cuisine. So Whole Foods started by what? A boomer taking a co-op and turning it into this thing, right? So all these social amenities that theoretically have added value to our lives, it all came from boomers. They were the ones that had the money, the investment. They were the ones that had the ideas, the vision. They kind of R&D'd it in smaller places, and then they made it bigger. So to that extent, I think we have to tip our cap to the boomers. Because they brought us things that were on the fringe and into the mainstream, which in a lot of ways have, have really benefited us. And now what's happening is they want to tear all that down. And much to my chagrin, the, the boomers are part, not all of them, but there's a lot of them that are part of the wrecking ball. I watch these older boomers on Twitter and their fucking virtue signaling it makes me sick. They also gave us great art, great movies. The best directors by far come out of the boomer generation. When they were making real fucking movies in the 60s and the 70s, in the 80s, the military-industrial complex takes over, and movies are very different. You can still have some really good movies during the 80s, don't get me wrong, but it's not like the outlaw cinema of the 60s and the 70s. And music, I mean, who can, you know, argue against some of the best music ever made? It comes out of the boomer generation. So I'm here to sing their praises, and I'm also here to point out where they went wrong. And every generation has a version of it. All right, what else do we have here? Painfully is here. Hi, Painfully. Uh, Davy and Goliath. I remember Davy and Goliath. They had kind of a Christian undertone to it. 
would not want to watch that movie on shrooms. Yeah, it was one of those movies. It was like, you you know, about halfway in, you begin to think, I might have made a mistake here. <laughs> I might have made a mistake. I did not know what I was getting into. All right, who else do we have? Uh, anybody else here? Think up Feliz. What's going on, Lynn? Good to see you. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Proud to be a boomer. Just be proud to be who you are, whoever you are. I bought a small chicken and sweet potato for tomorrow. One sweet potato was $1.50. Celebrate that sweet potato. Oh, uh, let's see. That song, um, God, is everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. What, what, what God song are we talking about? Uh, let's see. Stuff your tea day turkeys with moon dust for happy Thanksgiving. Ooh. So you could have blue stuffing. I like that. Oh, one AI. That's Robin. Moon dust. He was, he, uh, you've revealed yourself, sir. Hi, Rocky. Good to see you. We set the newsletter out in uh, batches. So if you uh, haven't gotten it, check your check your spam. Uh, let's see. Check your spam. Hi, C Pines. I'm still on OSX Maverick 10.95. Yeah, I think you could get up to maybe Sierra if you're lucky. Um, well, Wendy, I am uh, happy to be here. Feels like purgatory lately. I call it purgatory. Let's see. Some people find more hours in a day than others. That's true. Some people don't sleep. That has to be part of that. I'm doing my best to reset my sleep cycle. Pista Pen. What's going on, Pista Pen? Big kiss back. Kissy, kissy, kissy. Uh, let's see. Oh, we got, we got new people here. Pista Pen from Brighton. We're so pleased to have you here. I know who I know who that is. Welcome to the show. Taffy, the school I sub and handed out two COVID tests to all the kids in elementary school. But a long thing, not mandatory, but suggest we're gonna suggest it. We're going to we're we're going to just stroke you. We're going to suggest that you have this COVID test just so that you don't bring your COVID germs into your you see that fucking clown Fauci yesterday? 
Lisa W. Hi from Breckenridge. Loki, 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 Loki. Let's see. Uh, the boomers were steeped in materialism and hedonism to make sure they never amounted to anything. Well, that's what happens when you get Pluto and Leo. It's a good life, right? It's a good life. They were given the keys to the kingdom. That's for damn sure. But I don't hold any animus towards them. I don't think it does any good. I don't, I don't hold any animus towards many groups. As you look sideways. Uh, kind of out of left field. How did Picasso get a breakdown of Dark City? I say really good job. Well, he ends up saying it is a story of how nobody really escapes Plato's cave. I think Howdy needs to get out of Norway for a minute. I think Norway is Plato's cave. Howdy. Get out of Norway. Go, go down to Mallorca. And go swim with some dolphins, buddy. I love Howdy. You know, I'm going to do this show. There, so, okay. The elephant in the room. The elephant in the room are the inhabitants, the, uh, the makers of Dark City. They're the elephant in the room. And when you look at the personification of the architects of Dark City, and then you look at Nosferatu, and then you look at Adam Silver, and you look at Jonathan Greenblatt, or Goldblatt, where the fuck his name is, they all share a very common physiognomy. And that is the elephant in the room. By the way, I have this theory about Nosferatu. I, I want to do a show on it. But I can break it down in about 60 seconds for you. So when you look at Nosferatu, which is um, Murnau's silent movie about, about a vampire, it's like one of the first depictions of a vampire in modern cinema. Nosferatu looks fucking scary. Like he looks like a blood-sucking demon. He looks like it. He looks like this, this evil thing that just wants to drain you of your essence, right? But then something interesting happens along the way. The vampire gets a remake. The first remake, of course, is Bella Lugosi. And, you know, Bella Lugosi is no Gary Oldman, but he's clearly also not Nosferatu. Bella Lugosi and Count Dracula, a vampire, is imbued with more of a sense of mystery and charm and hinting at a dark eroticism and vampires moving forward begin to take on more and more of that personification 
until you get to uh, one of my favorite depictions of a vampire or Dracula uh, by Louis Jordan. Of course, Louis Jordan, you don't get much more classy and, and uh, uh, European continental than Louis Jordan. He's a vampire. He's like a Cosmo version of Nosferatu. And then you get to Gary Oldman's version. And man, by the way, that version of Dracula by Coppola, great. Absolutely great. A lot of people forget that Keanu Reeves is in that movie. But by the time you get to Gary Oldman, man, Dracula's a sexy motherfucker. So it all starts with this vile-looking creature with pointed ears and broken, jagged teeth, but the teeth look like the incisors are sharpened up just to do what they're supposed to do. It's a disgusting-looking creature. But by the time we get to Gary Oldman, boy, oh boy, oh boy, has that creature changed. Got a bit of an upgrade. How do you need some moon dust? I agree. None of us gets out alive. It's just how you spend your time until then. That's profound. Bill and Hillary are poster epitome of boomer shame along with George W. Donald Trump. Aided in, they're all boomers, no doubt. No doubt. Still the best music. I agree, Lynn. Best music, best movies, best food. It's a pretty damn good literature. Although some of them was some was perverted. I was a liberal until 73. I voted for McGovern. The first wave of counterculture was a real threat to the system. So they poisoned with engineered second wave, free love, anonymous, and dope. So that's an interesting comment. What would be the first wave? Would the first wave be like SDS? Because SDS was in competition with the Weather Underground. Or is the first wave of counterculture the nihilistic uh, bohemians? The Beats. I don't know if the Beats offered any real solution, except for the fact that they were alienated and nihilistic. And they were in search of a soul that they lost or was never there. If you really want to go back to the first wave of counterculture, you got to go back to a lot of the American expats that go to France, people like Pound, uh, Hemingway, like those people. That's that's really the first wave of the counterculture. And of all of them, Pound is the fucking craziest, and he's the most brilliant. I love Ezra Pound, Libra. Um, his uh, biography is amazing. It's an amazing biography. And people accuse Pound of being a war criminal and an anti-Semite, and that's just absolutely patently false. Pound had studied the Federal Reserve, and he understood the problem and the dilemma of the fiat currency in a way that other people just didn't get at that time. And Pound was a true lover of America. He loved America. 
even though he spent most of his time in Europe. And he wound up in Italy. Um, and this is pre-war Italy. He was living in Rapallo. And Pound was kind of a feat. He was truly a Libra. He always, he always married women with money so that they could provide for him. He always had house help. He always had people prepare his dinners. So he, he was really a Libra in that regard. He's living in Italy, living in Rapallo, living a good life. And all of a sudden, World War II happens. And Pound had actually traveled to the United States to try to talk to a senator or anybody who would listen to him about the banking system. Nobody would listen to him. Nobody. So he goes back to Italy. And what does he do? He does the first version of podcasting. Really, he asks Mussolini to get time on the radio. And Mussolini's like, yeah, an American talking about the banking system. Here's the mic. Knock yourself out. And so that's what Pound would do. He would do these broadcasts. I don't know who the fuck listened to them. Most of the people around him are Italian. They can't really understand him. And Pound may have known some Italian. He's pretty good at languages, although he butchered Chinese. Um. But that's what he did. And then, of course, the Americans show up and Pound turns himself in. They didn't even know he's there. Like, they just could have rolled through town. And he could have just stuck around. He turned himself in. Why? Because he's a Libra. He's fair. And he felt guilty because he was using Italian state-sponsored radio in order to promote his ideas so the americans are like oh, all right we'll take it he goes he goes back to the states and um he is found guilty of treason and spends a long time in saint elizabeth's which is in a mental institute he got three squares a day and started smoking dope for all intents and purposes, he was done. However, that's where he met Eustace Mullins, who then carried on his work. That's the first wave of the counterculture. All right, let's get into the show. Where do I want to start? How about, how about with the title? Thank you for being a friend. Anybody have an electric bike? We're thinking about getting one. All right, here we go. This is from uh, Epic Times. G20 promotes who standardized global vaccine passport and digital health identity scheme. Leaders of the group of 20. So this is this is another part of what's going on. When you look at the group of 20, it's not even the G fucking eight. It's the G20. It's kind of the bottom feeders, right? So now, now they're going to give the bottom feeders the power. The bottoms rule. Oh, yes. This sounds very good. Very good. We get to make decisions now. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you, West. Right? This is this this is 
we we are now into kind of rural and country justice because the G20 now is the power theoretically, not the G8, G20. Leaders of the G20 have issued a joint declaration promoting a global standard on proof of vaccination for international travel and calling the establishment of global digital health networks that build on existing digital COVID-19 vaccine passport schemes. Okay, let's think about this for a second. If you're a G20 country, what does your country depend upon? In most cases, it's likely tourism. Let's be fair about it. Now, it's true that Thailand and Malaysia have become one of the biggest producers of American American tires, believe it or not. But people don't go to Thailand to visit tire factories. They go to Thailand to hang out, get high, eat cheap food, and hire Thai girls and Thai boys. That's why they go to Thailand. It's, you know, I was watching these Thai videos for a while, and you know, you have these expats from Canada, England, US, mostly from Canada and England. And the guys that would do these videos, like you could just tell they would never be able to get a woman back where they're from. <laughs> it's just like they're way down the list. So they go to Thailand where they have a better chance of uh, having a fiduciary relationship with the uh, a young lassie, anyway. If you're a G20 country, you're a tourist country. So what are you going to do? You There are going to be a group of people who are um, not going to visit your country because they don't want to get this fucking passport. So do you think that they're shooting themselves in the foot? I would say the answer to that is no. And I'm going to show you why they're going to be compensated for taking a loss in tourism. Because they're not going to agree to something that is going to hit their bottom line. They won't do it. Unless they're being promised to be compensated. And I'll show you how it's going to happen. The joint statement followed the conclusion of the G20 summit held in Bali, Indonesia. Where leaders discuss global challenges and coordinating policies in response, including to future pandemics. We acknowledge the importance of shared technical standards and verification methods under the framework of IHR 2005. What is that? International Health Resolution 2005 to facilitate seamless international travel, interoperability, and recognizing digital solutions and non-digital solutions, including proof of vaccinations. The G20 Joint Declaration reads, the International Health Regulations 2005 is an instrument of international law developed under the auspices of the World Health Organization that lays down a global framework for responding to the international spread of disease the WHO-backed standard, which entered into force in 2007, required countries to strengthen surveillance capacities at the border crossings and introduced a series of health documents, including international certificates of vaccination. Besides acknowledging the utility of IHR framework, 
The G20 leaders said they support ongoing international dialogue and collaboration on the establishment of trusted global digital health networks as part of the efforts to strengthen prevention response to future pandemics. They added these global digital health networks should capitalize and build on the success of ex existing standards in digital COVID-19 certificates. Don't, you know, don't be led down this primrose path. They already have the shit. It's already there. They got it. They just wait for it to hatch. Uh, the joint declaration follows recommendations from Indonesia's Minister of Health, Budi Gunadi uh, Sadikin, made during a business 20 B20 panel held ahead of the G20 summit. Let's have a digital health service acknowledged by who? If you've been vaccinated or tested properly, you can move around. Fuck you. Coming from a country where you're under surveillance most of the time, and if you do anything that's remotely out of the ordinary, uh, you'll get a stern warning and or they'll throw your ass in jail. In a 132-page document that contains a series of recommendations for the G20, the B20 urged a widespread adoption of digital documentation of COVID-19 certificates will be part of technology-enabled, always-on global health infrastructure. Yes, it is the digital gulag. Journalist Nick Corbishley, who writes about economic and political trends in Europe and Latin America, has warned the vaccine passports can lead to implementation of a global digital identity scheme that will threaten privacy and freedom across the world. Well, that's, that's part of the plan, Nick. You know it is. It's like this checkpoint society. Wherever you want to go, you have to show your mobile phone, your identity, even if you go into a supermarket or go into a shop. That's true. Just look at China. Corbishley described the negative aspects of global digital identification scheme as a kind of digital gulag in which people can be effectively banished from society. Well, that's the plan. Now, if you're a uh, tourist nation, and let's just say you're going to take a hit in tourism because people don't want to play the, the digital global vaccination identification passport scam. How are you going to make money? I'll show you how. Biden's lunatic bid to pay poor nations for climate reparations. It has nothing to do with climate reparations. It has to do with the fact that they're going to grease the wheels so that these countries, when they take a tourism hit, will be covered. This is the two are linked. They're linked. And these G20 countries wouldn't come out in support of the global digital passport, unless they were compensated. And do you think this is just going to be a one-time payment? No, 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 no. So this is a little slanted here, but let's go. In a pathetic bid to show results from the latest global climate change confab, the Biden administration followed Western Europe's hysterical lead by signing on to a lunatic climate reparation scheme. It's beyond outrageous and won't even bring any progress in reducing global carbon emissions. Supposed to go to the COP27 meetings. If it works, as promised, is just another wealth transfer from wealthy nations to the largely corrupt governing class of poor countries. 
The just ended climate talks in Egypt brought few, if any, new commitments to reduce emissions. Too much of the developed world is racing to find new sources of gas, oil, and even coal. The energy crisis triggered by Russia's war on Ukraine. So instead, that we need some progress, crew opted for vows from wealthier countries, supposedly the biggest climate change offenders, to fork over funds to poorer ones, claiming to have suffered losses and damage from climate triggered natural disasters. The United States have resisted the deal, but caved after the European Union signed on. World leaders hope to finalize the fine print of who pays what to whom and how over the next year. But America will surely be squeezed the biggest systems of all. Meanwhile, China, which spews more CO2 the United States and Europe put together, is exempt because UN climate change will consider it a developing nation. So China's going to get money. No matter that Western nations already ship billions to poor ones in the form of general economic aid and to promote climate measures, nor are most of the third world climate caused disasters clearly that. It's just that global media fully on board with the story refuse to check the favored narrative. So what I'm doing here is I'm putting two, two things together. I'm putting the global passport, which limits um, ultimately tourism and the tourist trade where these countries make a shit ton of their money and the reparations and the reparations are there to compensate for them. It's just like when people were forced to stay home during COVID and Trump opened uh, the CARES Act and he, you know, the, the, the American Rescue Plan and all this bullshit, right? Essentially what he was doing was he was opening the checkbook to corporations and saying, look, we're going to shut things down but you're going to keep your doors open. We're going to compensate you for this. And like, yeah, sure. Okay. We like that. No problem. It's the same deal, right? They will create a crisis. They'll create an economic gap and they'll fill the gap by compensation coming from a different direction. So that, Whoever is theoretically going to suffer the economic damage will keep their fucking mouth shut. That's how it works. So the reparations, again, just to bring it all together, the climate reparations will be used to compensate the G20 countries who will lose a significant amount of money through tourism. So it's about. It's bait and switch, a little three-card money. And it won't be a one-time payment. They're going to say, well, you know, well, you know, a billion dollars doesn't go as far. Sort of morphing Trump with Fauci. That's kind of, I've been working on my Trump. Anyway, um, that's how the game works. It has nothing to do with climate. It has nothing to do with uh, containment of contagion. Nothing. It has to do with control. Control and limiting your options and your theoretical freedom. In the places that were the recipients of the uh, global planet, 
right, who will no longer have those people showing up in their tourist hotels for cheap food, cheap sex, cheap sun, they'll be okay. That's the promise. That's the deal. I wanted to play you a, a disturbing video. Disturbing video. You go into my bookmarks. Thank you for being a friend. Where's my bookmarks? Oh. Ah, here we go. You guys gotta watch this. Um, I think this is. Is it uh, might be Australia? Not exactly sure what country this is from. CNA. Keep your eyes on the uh, woman in the uh, orange sweater here. my headphones on so you can hear this keep your eyes on orange sweater lady uh, let's cross live to our team on the ground in Sharm El Sheikh CNA's uh, Julie Yu and CNA Digital's climate change correspondent Jack Board who have the latest for us from COP27 As we find out uh, whether Julie is uh, doing. Okay, <clears throat> so this, this is an interesting video on a number of levels. Let me replay it again. So first of all, they have their little distance, well, whatever. And I don't know what the fuck this guy's doing. Is he signaling? Is that a signal? Now, keep in mind that we were uh, soaked with videos of people just dropping like flies pre-COVID. Remember that? And they're all Chinese, too. So what's going on here? 
is this person a byproduct of being zapped? Or is this a precursor to something new? The next thing. And watch the look on uh, the newscaster's face. At one point, it looks like she's trying to suppress a smile. Here we go. In Sharm el-Sheikh, CNA's uh, Julie Yu and CNA Digital's climate change correspondent Jack Board, who have the latest for us from COP27. It looks like she's smiling. As we find out uh, whether Julie is uh, doing okay or not there, let's move on to... Uh, let's cross live to our team on the she ground in Sharm el-Sheikh, CNA's uh, Julie Yu and CNA Digital's climate change correspondent Jack Board, who have the latest for us from COP27. It's almost like he's waiting for her to fall. It, doesn't it feel like that? It's almost like he's waiting for her to fall so that he can go, oh, oh, something like blue. So I don't know if that is a byproduct of the zap or um, that actually happened. Don't know. But it's a video worth paying attention to on either front now, right? Because they can push this way thing any way they want. You know, just think about all the bodies that are dropping. I mean, if they want to now, they could basically say, oh, well, we have a new pandemic. No, it's not a new pandemic. It's your fucking nanotechnology that you figured out how to get into people's bodies that is taking the body over and the body can't do anything about it. So it breaks down and shuts down. But once they introduce the, the, the new chaos or the new radical element, they can push it any way they want pretty much. Now, a lot of you have been, uh, well, Noreen asked me last night about this shooting at the uh, Q nightclub in Colorado, is it Denver? And uh, I guess it's a LGBTQ plus IA joint. And uh, some dude went postal, right? And whether it's real or not, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I have this thing now. It's like, I really don't give a shit about shootings, um, psyops, trying to break them down. It's just like, I'm over, I'm over that. I don't want to give my attention or my energy to it. Um, I think they have gone to the well one too many times. Um, I think even if you're on the left uh, or you're woke 
or you're uber liberal or you're progressive or you have an anti-gun agenda, you, you, you can be depleted by the oversaturation of an event. And at some point, even the outrage feels mock and, and manufactured because there's nothing there, right? There's nothing there. They have essentially drained the emotional pool for people to fucking give a shit. And so what you have is you have an echo chamber of people inside the media that will feign outrage and hopefully fan the flames and other people will get inflamed and outraged, but they've done it too many times. And in many instances, the thing that happened didn't happen or didn't happen the way that they said it happened. That's my opinion. And so when you do that, when you invest emotional energy in an event that is synthetic or artificial or not even really even close to the truth, it's a one, it, it is a one-way transaction. You know, like for instance, when Wendy's daughter passed away, that's a two-way transaction. Right. That is a two way transaction because it's, it's, it's real. And we, and we reached out, we supported her and. And it was, and it was reciprocal. It reached back out to us. And, and that is, that is how a true emotional exchange works. You look at the sign of cancer, right? The yin and the yang. Cancer being probably the most emotional sign of the zodiac. That's what it looks like. The yin and the yang in balance with one another. It's a it's an act of reciprocity. But these other events are not that. They just they're just one way transmissions of louche to that event, and people are louched out. They're louched out. I'm telling you. There's not, there, there's not a lot of loose left to harvest. And that's a scary thought too, because if there's not a lot of loose left to harvest, that means that they don't need a lot of loosers. I guess there's winners and loosers in life. They don't need them because they've been depleted. The battery's been run dry. So when we have these events, it's like, eh, feign the outrage. Anyway, I'm just not into these events anymore. Ten years ago, it was like, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this. Oh, my God. Apparently, they fingered this guy as what? A LGBTQAI plus hating terrorist. Turns out he's non-binary. Wants to be known by his pronouns. And the spin is... Well, he was bullied into saying that. Though less than his sentence. Well, maybe that's who the fuck he is. You know, and maybe what went down is you had you had something, it was an event, drugs, love triangle, people on the edge, hearing voices, who the fuck knows? You know, pop, 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 done. But now he's non-binary. It has a different name. 
doesn't even want to be known by his, his quote-unquote male name. How's this going to go over? Good luck. This is the age of Aquarius. Remember, this is where things invert. It's like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's like seed this thing. Let's seed this thing. So theoretically, you know, it happens. And it happens at this place called, the nightclub called Q. And it's going to go down. And then all of a sudden, the profile changes. It's like, oh, that didn't work out so well, did it? Hmm. We, we might want to rethink this. This is the age we're living in. You know, the best laid plans are going to be scuttled because that is the energy of our time, which to me is, is the thing that I am grateful for. Because even when they have the digital passport, even when they have the uh, the compensation, you know, the hush money, the blood money, whatever, as climate reparations, shit's not going to work. It may work in, in for a brief period of time. And even if it does, it will be clunky. And even if they decide no more dollar and we're going to be on some digital chit that you're going to have to access through your cell phone, even that will not go as well or as planned. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, six months, a year later, they're printing a new fucking dollar. Right. I would not be surprised. And if they do do that, you know, look for some other cosmetic change. The United States, Mexico, and Canada joining up and becoming kind of one entity, which is not a good thing, by the way. Remember the Amero? They could always bring that back. But I just don't think that with the energy of the time, they can do these things, even if it's scientific, like Aquarius, even if it's under the auspices of you know, the, the, the global community, which is Aquarius. It's not going to work. It's not going to work because this is just what we're into now. This is this is the energy, right? All right. I think that's it. Listen, I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, wherever you are. If you're not in this country, uh, we share a tradition with you. Uh, and we are thankful for our brother brothers and sisters, uh, friends, family, extended family, um, tribal members that we may not come in contact with, but are part of our experience here for an hour and 20 minutes a day or on Friday or on Sunday night. Uh, I'm grateful for all of you. And if we share our gratitude together, uh, even if it's just for a moment in time, right? It brings us closer into a state of oneness and into um, the most high, which really is the organizing principle that we clearly, in a lot of ways, don't understand. And perhaps at some point when a lot of these systems and a lot of the interference is eradicated, that we will. And when we will, we'll be definitely living in a very new age. All right. Take good care for myself and uh, good old sleepyhead over here.
He's sleeping on the job. You were sleeping on the job. You're napping on the job. Have a great Thanksgiving. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to send what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. You are you, and bye for now.